Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. And Backrack here. Today, we have a special guest with us who I think you will find to be inspirational on your goal achievement journey to having your ideal business and ideal life. As a teenager, Michael Arterberry was fortunate to receive guidance from positive adult role models who helped him overcome adversities and set high expectations for his future. Grateful for the role these mentors played in his own development, Michael decided to dedicate his professional life to helping people navigate the difficulties of life and launch their future into motion. For more than 25 years, he has been helping teens and adults to use what they have gone through as a catalyst for success rather than an obstacle for failure. In 2008, Michael founded the Youth Voices Center, a nonprofit with a mission to helping young people to become active, productive members of society by overcoming their obstacles, their history, stereotypes, and even their own self-image and limiting beliefs. Michael is the author of Be Encouraged, 250 Days of Motivation and Encouragement, which is a daily motivational book. Welcome, Michael. We appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I, I really um, I, I, I'm happy to get this opportunity to speak to you and your audience. Awesome. Hey, you know, I've had people talk about how they wanted to achieve a particular goal or goals. And they've had people, whether it's their friends or family or even peers, telling them that their goals were too big or they should rethink their goals and really deflate their desire for the stated goal, whether that was intentionally, which I hope it wasn't, or unintentionally. Now, you have a comment in your book that I love. It says, don't let someone who gave up on their dreams talk you out of yours. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. I'd like you to elaborate on that for us, please. You know, what What people have a tendency to do is when they strive to try to achieve a goal and, a goal and they don't reach it, um, they become dream killers. And so they take their misfortune of not being able to achieve the goal to really go around and almost become somewhat like predators and go after, or not on purpose, but if they're in the conversation with someone that has a goal, they want to deter them from being or moving forward to push to accomplish that goal. You know, what I mean by doubt is doubt is like fear and, and fear is paralyzing. And what I feel like is when we have fear in our lives, what we have to do to overcome it is the fact that you have to not only be accountable to yourself, but like I, I like to use the analogy of like getting out of the bed and you're about to put on your shoes and you get fearful of, of that accomplishment you want to achieve and you decide not to do it. And then, of course, you're a failure to yourself. But then there's someone else that's getting out of their bed to put on their shoes and their goals cannot be accomplished until you accomplish your own. So sometimes we have to think about moving forward to go after our goals are not only for ourselves, but there's other people that are out there that are waiting for you to push forward to accomplish what you have to do so they can move on to their next place. Well said. How do you suggest people 
actually take control of their lives and then not allow others to control their own destiny or journey. In other words, what would I say to somebody who might be trying to deflate my goals or you know, what I think I'm capable of or my potential? You know, what we have to remember is we're products of our thought lives. So when you're a product of your thought life, before you even get to the individual that, that starts to try to deter you from going after your goal, you should have done maintenance within yourself so that when that the the person comes, that negative negativity that they throw at you doesn't stick. Now, what I mean by that is we have the control to either hold on to a thought or to kick it out. And so what I teach within my program is that you have to be cognizant of what comes at you. And when a thought comes at you that you don't want to keep, you have to reject it because if you don't reject it, it, it plants itself, it germinates and it grows. So being active in your listening to any conversation that you have puts you in a position to be more confident and, and turning and changing the perspective so that you have a positive outlook. Do you think there's situations, Michael, where people maybe don't even know that that's happening? Well, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you, man. Not only do they not know what's happening, you know, what what another thing we have to be careful of is, is you know, when you show up, you know, and, and it's something that I teach also in my program is that, you know, people people have a tendency to go through life and step on landmines. The landmine doesn't blow them up, but it creates damage. But then you start to make decisions in your life based on the damage rather than what's happening in real time. So I use that as an example, because when you say someone doesn't realize it, sometimes it's not even the, the, the fact that they don't realize that someone's being negative, but they're bringing that damage from that landmine into the conversation and so you have to, again, be very, very careful of, of who you are as a person, because who you are as a person, your whole body, your whole well-being plays a part in all your decision making. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. You know, at, at different times in our life, I think we have all probably felt overwhelmed with something. What do you suggest we do? that can help us when we might have that feeling of overwhelm going on? You know, I like to, um, and I'm gonna use the analogy of eating a pizza. I was on a podcast and it was a, a, a personal trainer. He got kind of upset because I used the pizza analogy, but this is not a nutrition show. But anyway, I wanna use a pizza as an example. This is what you do so you don't get overwhelmed. If you order a pizza and it comes to your house, and you try to eat the entire pie, you'll get a bellyache. What you do is when the pizza comes, you eat two slices, you get a little bit in your belly, you put the pizza up, and then you continue to come back to the pizza to eat it when you have an appetite and you're ready for it. That's how you have to look at things that you attack. If you try to go at it and you try to swallow the whole pizza at once or the situation at once, it gives you a bellyache. So when you attack your goals, you have to break it off in little pieces. And when you start to feel full, you got to push from the table and come back to it on another day. Okay. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, 
I really need to take a step back and maybe take things at one step at a time. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yes, Ann. <laughs> I, I, I took, I, I took, yeah, I took a long way to get there, but yes, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, just making sure I understand what you mean because I'm the kind of person that would try to eat the whole pie. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just taking this story to heart. In other words. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, cool. So you have a comment in your book that I think basically says perception is everything and there is danger in a flawed perception. So what exactly do you mean by this? And how do we know we have a flawed perception? And then how do we fix that going forward? Perception is everything because our history, you don't want your history to control your destiny. So perception is what we've gone through in life, because whatever you go through in life sets up the, the sort of the screen of what you look at. And so the way that you get to a point where you're able to evaluate if there's some dysfunction in your perception is to, to self-reflect, to be honest with yourself. You know where you've come from. So, you know, like for me, I, I, I grew up in a, a family, uh, a, a raging alcoholic dad. Um, I grew up in poverty. I grew up with plenty of dysfunction within my family. So what I did as I was going into having my own family is I used the model of my biological family, my family, to use it as a scale of any time I was consistent with what I grew up in, I knew I was on the wrong path. And so as you self-reflect and you, you continue to look at where you are and where you've come from, see, people don't like to self-reflect because, and it causes pain. And so you have to be honest with yourself, get a true perspective of where you come from so that when you move forward, what 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 is in your destiny is not identical. Well, if, if it's identical to where you come from, a lot of times, if it's a negative place, it won't be a positive outcome. OK, I love what you said. Don't let history control your destiny. Yes, I thought that was really powerful. Now, here's kind of a, a maybe the same thought a lot around that is that, you know, we have this perception which could be considered a limiting belief. Would you agree with that or not? Yes, yes, definitely. It's like living in a prison. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree 100 percent. OK, so then if we have this limiting belief or perception, what can we do going forward to really get out of that? So many people go through life, in my opinion, holding on to these perceptions or limiting beliefs. And sometimes they don't, they're not even aware that they have them. So if they were to try to figure out if they do have them or if they realize they do have them but don't know how to get out of them, how would you suggest like one or two steps they could do that would help them do that? The biggest thing they can do, and, and it's exposure. It's exposure. So check this out. I grew up I grew up in, in the ghettos, so I grew up in, in a neighborhood that wasn't the best, but my dad drove a bus for an affluent school, and I didn't have the opportunity to have a, a, a babysitter, so I had to go to school where he drove the bus. So, Ann, think about this. 
my friends went to school in the ghetto in our neighborhood, but I went to school in this affluent neighborhood. So I was able to expose myself to a different life so that I was able to achieve more than my peers that are in my, my neighborhood because I exposed. So I think exposure, when, when you feel like you're feeling a little trapped um, or, or extend your mind. You know, when we talked about goals in the beginning, you know, have a goal, like I say in my book, that scares people. Your goal shouldn't be a goal when you tell a person and they're like, oh, that's a nice goal. No, when you tell somebody your goal, you want them to say, oh, no, you can't achieve that. But once you have that goal, you now have to expose yourself to things in that realm so that it pushes you towards that different perspective. And I think then it allows you to be more cognizant of the fact that people are going to try to hold you back, which we talked about before. So once you state it, you know, and then, you know, people are saying things that, oh, you can't accomplish that or you can't do that or try to hold you back. You're like, it's just like brushing off, you know, if, just like when you wax your car, for example, and water gets yeah. on it and it yeah. just beads right off. So it's like, right. OK, you can say whatever you're going to say to me, but I'm just going to let the beads just flow right off of me because. I've stated my goal. That's what I want to have happen. Yes. Yes, okay. I definitely agree. All right. Um, I'm curious, what are the consequences or challenges of, and I'm using air quotes, losing your keys that you talk about? <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So listen, I teach a concept, be the driver of your car, not the passenger of your car. And so what I'm saying, and I already gave you a piece of it, is that when we allow negative thoughts from other people, negative thoughts that we have about ourselves, okay? So think about it. Human nature, thinking positive about ourselves is a challenge. I mean, with anyone, even the most confident person, then you have outside resources of people throwing that negativity at you, okay? Your life experiences that you've gone through that may be negative coming at you. And now you have to process all of that. Now, if you don't process that properly, back to the self-reflection, find a proper place for some of those things that have not been positive in your life, they will become the driver of your car. So once you self-reflect and you realize that, wow, I'm making decisions because of something that happened to me when I was 20, you have to realize it. And once you realize it, I use the term, take back your keys. So you're no longer in the driver's seat, you're in the passenger seat. When you realize that you're in that place, you take back your keys, you start driving until the next time you feel that your keys have been taken. People talk about having affirmations and I, I, I believe in affirmations and tell people they should have them as well. What do you think about the power of affirmations and what it can do to help us? Affirmations are important because how you feel about yourself is how you project yourself to the world. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, when you talk about affirmation, you know, um, and what I try to teach people is, 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 you know, I use another concept of, of how do you want to be remembered? So affirmation is how you project yourself to the world. So you walk into a room. You present yourself in a, in, a, in a certain way, but then once you leave the room, you want the room to be able to say something about you in a positive way when you leave. But they can't say anything positive about you 
unless you give them something to say. So affirmation is about being able to not only be able to say the things in your mind, but take them from your mind and bring it into a place where you act it out and you're able to display the positive things that may echo in your head. That's, that's really great because anytime we enter into any conversation or event or almost anything we do, you could walk into it saying, how do you want to be remembered or how do I want to be remembered? And right. then really be more intentional with our communication, therefore, to get the outcome that we're looking for. Is that yes. also what you're saying? Yes, yes. And, and it's powerful. You know, um, if you don't mind, I'll share you a quick story with you. Um, when I talk about how about I want to be remembered, you know, I, I I was a big guy growing up, so I had an, uh, a choice between being a bully or be the one to protect those being bullied. So I, I, I became the protector. Now, I tell you that because I did that all through school. I get to my high school reunion and my class president pulls me to the side and she says, listen, people are here at the 25 year high school reunion because they email and called and they came just because you came. But let me take that one step further. Ann. This same class president follows me on Facebook. I put inspirational quotes on my page. She follows me. I go to a charter school to do my program. We're sitting in a, a, a school district meeting. I introduce myself. This woman asked that could she add on top of what I introduced? I was kind of puzzled. But do you know, Ann, when she started to talk about who I am and what I was in her life, I went to school with her and such, she started to cry. And when she started to tear up, I saw my impact. And I didn't get conceited about it, but when you talk about how you want to be remembered, that's when you leave a room, you want to leave that type of thunder. Well, when people, when you leave the room, they're like, that, that was Anne. I remember that woman, Anne, and they'll pass it on to the next person. Wow. I just got chills on that story. That's, that's so powerful. And even if we don't realize um, we're leaving that impression with people, we are. And I think sometimes people don't think about that. I think they have a lot of impact on people's lives in general, but because nobody comes back right away to tell them, like the story that that this person told about you when she teared up they don't realize the impact that they're having on people because they don't hear it or see it that much what do you think about that you know that's that's where you have to when you you say be cognizant of it you can't when when i walk into a room and this is the part that really humbles me so when she said that it's not like I absorbed it and said, wow, that's exactly what I tried to do. But, and I will tell you this, in anything that I do, I, I walk into a room to present myself in a way to have someone say that, but it's not like I have to put on the suit. So it has to be authentic. It has to be part of who you are as a person, and it has to be nurtured on a daily basis, you know, and, and, you know, it's sad if, 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 but if you have things in your life that makes you an unkind person, then you have to work on that before you put yourself in the arena in front of being in front of people. But authenticity is major. You know, if, if I, 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 I don't know about you, I've been to conferences or workshops and, and, you know, I'm, you know, a person standing in front of the room, they're doing their best to be authentic and transparent. And you're looking at them like, you know, listen, I don't, 
you know, I'm not telling you not to do this as your job, but you know, you you may want to think about a different avenue because you I, you know you're not you're not motivating me, and so you know those are just things to think about. Yeah, I think that's part of people's inherent core values. They either have it or they don't. Like if you really want to make a difference or have an impact on people, I think people will feel that authenticity coming through your heart, your soul, your whole being. You know, whether it's projected even through your physical person or your voice, your tone of voice, and then you'll feel that. So I agree. I think you know, you have you have to have the authenticity, and it has to really be inherent within you to make it come across. One of my books, uh, I've titled it Live Life with No Regrets. How do you suggest people work to live their life with no regrets? What the best way to live your life with no regrets is is planning. You know, it's planning. You can't you can't set your life up with goals and, and have expectations if you don't plan. You know, and I like to tell stories within my program, so I'm going to drop another story on you if you don't mind, man. But, you know, preparation, a way that I can show you that I did it is I played football, football. I played many sports, but football was the one that I ended up going off to college for. But for football, you have two weeks of training camp. So the training camp was set aside so that you can get in shape for the season. But I, at a young age, I realized that rather than waiting to get ready for the two weeks to get ready for my season, I would show up to training camp already in shape. So when I showed up to training camp already in shape, number one, I was in front of whoever I was competing with on my team. But then also, I am now two weeks ahead of the competition that we're going to go out and play against in our season. And so that preparation puts me in a position to be successful. And if you allow me to toot my horn, I was a phenomenal running back. And the preparation I put in before the season was always reflective when I went out and played for the school year. Probably a lot of athletes, you know, who are really the, at the top of their game probably do that as well. Wouldn't you think so? Oh, yes. I, I, I read or a lot of articles about LeBron James and some of these basketball players you know, and I tell a story in, in, in one of my talks that, you know, um, Stefan Curry is, is a, uh, a basketball player um, and he's really good. But the kids kind of laugh because he'll shoot the shot and and then he'll run down the court and he won't look. And so they, I, I told them the reason why is if you shoot a shot a thousand times, when that ball rolls off your fingers, you know that that sucker's gonna go in. And so he's done it a thousand times. So when it rolls off, he knows, listen, I felt this, it went in a thousand times before and he just goes down to the court because he knows what's gonna happen. Can I add something in? Love, love, love for you. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, listen. One thing that I teach, Ann, and I teach this to my kids, there's extraordinary and there's ordinary, Ann. And there was something that bit me real young. Nobody taught it to me, but I teach it to everybody I come in contact with. The last thing I ever want to be in life is ordinary. So when you talk about these guys that prepare, I tell my kids and the people that I work with is that and, 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 and extraordinary people piss off ordinary people. So if you work in an office and you're striving to be extraordinary, the ordinary people don't like you. 
because you do your job, you do it efficiently, but you can't let allow them to bother you. But that's the 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 the, the hat you have to put on. And and I say that because as an athlete and even with my business, when people leave an interaction with me, I want to leave them in a place where they're like, whoa, wait, wait a second. I've been to something similar like this, but this is this is nothing like I've ever experienced. And that's because I put my extraordinary hat on before I get up every single morning and I step out into the world. Well, that's that's really powerful. So it's almost like you're getting up in the morning saying, "Okay, what do I need to do to be extraordinary today to whoever I interact with? Yes. Yes. What a great way to wake up. I love that. So I'm curious, what continues to inspire and motivate you? Or in other words, what I mean, we talked about extraordinary getting up in the morning. But what other than that, what would really motivate you to get up in the morning? And how do you think? You know, it is I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual man, first of all. I mean, we won't get into that, um, the depths of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually grounded. So. My, my motivation for helping others is not just for me. I get a lot more out of it in the sense of reaching out to helping others. But, you know, what inspires me to continue every day is, you know, social media has made it in a way that you can, I mean, you can meet someone, you know, today and then 10 years from now because of social media, they can reach out. I say that to you because I have people that leave me messages in my inbox and that will bring tears to your eyes, you know, and, and that those messages become the food that you eat and it sustains you. And, and fortunately, in my case, I get them frequent enough that I don't ever get into a place where I'm in a famine. And so I'm constantly fed these accolades and reinforcements of what I do. So when I get up in the morning, I can just grab one of those those inbox messages and say to myself, you know, I you know, I had one guy, I'm gonna tell you honestly, I had on, on Facebook, I, I wrote just one of my daily inspirational quotes, and a guy, you know, he, he he came in my inbox and he said, Listen, until I read your message, I was gonna kill myself today. And I'm talking about I was floored in. But that shows you the magnitude and the height of what you do. And if you do it properly and with the proper motives, how it reflects and affects the rest of the world. Yeah, I talk to my clients about having a me file. And I think that's yours is very constant, apparently coming in every day and, and it's full. But not everybody has that. So when somebody actually says something really positive or nice about you, your firm, your staff, whatever it might be, whenever we have that lull of really needing our confidence cup is maybe not quite full, not quite you know ready to be flowing over. Then I said, go to read your me file, read all the things that people have said about you. So keep a place, whether it's electronic and a file folder, wherever it might be, of all those things that you can read, which you do, which is awesome. And you have so many of them, but people don't get them quite as many times as you do. So go there and really read that. Recharge your batteries, get your confidence cup flowing over again. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, and 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 you're right. You're right. So so if if. If you're not in a position to get it as frequently as I have, 
I, I teach the concepts that's the same, is that you have to celebrate those, yeah, those times, those meat files, you make sure you celebrate them enough so that when you get into, you know, I call them peaks and valleys. So when you're at the, on the peak, you will celebrate the peak so that when you're in the valley, you remember how the peak experience was until you can get back to the peak experience. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that a lot. So if somebody wanted to learn more about you, what you do, Michael, where would they go? What would they do? All right. So for my public speaking, they could go to michaelarterberry.com. There they'll see what I do more with my inspirational speaking and going out to different venues in that way. Um, if they want to see the work that I do with the youth, they can go to youthvoicescenter.org. Um, and if they were to go to youthvoicescenter.org, I would recommend that they watch a video. It's a six minute sizzle reel that gives them a look at what I actually do within my workshops with the young people. Otherwise, they can come to my social media pages. If you put it in the show notes, um, my, my name, you can come to Facebook, um, LinkedIn. I'm very interactive. If you like something you see on my page, you can, like I said, send me a message, leave a comment. So I'm very interactive with, with my different social media. Um, and at this time, what I'm doing is um, I'm giving out um, free copies of my book. If they go to shake the dirt experience, shake the dirt experience dot com, um, it's going to it's going to and I'm being honest, they're gonna, it's going to send them into a click funnel. But tell them once if they go to shake the dirt experience dot com, just give me your address and, and they'll get the free book. Um, it was a promotion that I was doing, but I, I'm just giving the books away now because I'm feeling I'm feeling led. I'm feeling led and that I would like to do that. Oh, that's awesome. So it's shake, S-H-A-K-E, the dirt, D-I-R-T, experience.com. Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time today and your words of wisdom and wisdom and inspiration. I found it super enjoyable, and I'm sure everybody else did, too. Any parting words that you'd like to share, Michael? Yes, just if you don't, if you allow me, I want to read something that I wrote in my book. Um, and if you were dabbling through my book, you may have seen it, but it's short term thinkers plant gardens, long term thinkers plant trees, eternity minded thinkers plant themselves in the souls of others. When you talk to your audience about, you know, being professional, going to work, being leaders, being in leadership, you know, we talked about how do you want to be remembered? You want to make sure that every interaction, like we talked about during this podcast, every interaction, once it's completed, that when you leave a person, they have to gasp and ask themselves, who was that person that I was just talking to? Yeah, actually, I did see that quote and I really enjoyed reading that and actually printed that out so I could look at it because I thought it was extremely powerful. Well, thanks again for your time. Wish you the very best on your journey that you're going through in making a difference in the souls of others. And I look forward to hopefully interacting with you in the future. OK, all right. Thank you. Anne. Well, my hope for our time together with Michael is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful professionally and personally. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And of course, if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute 
which also can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And always, 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 please remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. Thanks for listening.